is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So I recently had an amazing opportunity to talk about this topic on live TV, and I think that it's just, it's a timely thing to start my podcast with, and it's basically reset and de-stress. So, you know, stress is still a huge factor in today's world, and it is such a major problem that is affecting people both mentally and physically. According to the American Psychological Association, stress affects all systems of the body. That's right. Every major system of our body it can be affected by stress. Now, WebMD reported that 43% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress, like high blood pressure, skin conditions, depression, and anxiety. And 75 to 90% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. That number is staggering. So I always like to say, at any time during the day, you can press the reset button, right? And reset your day, just like you reboot your computer when it's not functioning properly. So here are my five tips to reset your day and help you reduce stress. Step one is exercise, right? Exercise is going to raise your endorphins. It's going to get your heart rate up, and that is going to help you reduce your stress. So take a walk in nature, dance to your favorite music, ride a bike, anything that you enjoy doing is going to help reduce your stress. Step two, gratitude. Every day when you wake up, make a list of everything you have to be grateful for. And at any time during the day when you need to reset your day, focus on your blessings and feel its loving embrace. You will be amazed at how quickly you will feel better. Tip three, deep breathing. All you need to do is take 10 slow, deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, okay? This is also an amazing way to reduce your anxiety. Tip number four, grounding or earthing. So this just simply means taking off your shoes outside and feeling the grass or the earth beneath your feet right? This is energizing and balancing for your emotions. So imagine yourself walking on the beach if you've ever experienced that, right? The sun's shining, you've got a breeze blowing, you hear the sound of the ocean, but what's really happening is that your your feet are touching the earth. That's why it feels so great. So just take off your shoes and walk on the grass. You don't have to go to the beach. And the last step, number five, is trust. Learn to trust that everything is going to work out exactly as it's supposed to, right? It always does. And I always like to add to that, if you can control a situation, then there's nothing to worry about because you have control over it. If you can't control a situation, then there's no need to worry about it because it's something that is completely out of your control. So I hope you enjoyed these tips and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today's guest is Jonathan Trowen. Jonathan is a certified Iyengar yoga teacher and life coach. He serves on the board of directors for Mindful Valley and the Mindful Business Institute. He also trains individuals and facilitates group workshops on creating true success in your life, including a life filled with joy and abundance. 
He is the co-founder and chief inspiration officer for the organic snack company, OM Snacks. What we're going to be talking about today is his Self-Love Revolution Summit, which is going to be held November 3rd through 7th. So stay tuned. This is a great interview. Hello, Jonathan. How are you today? I am wonderful, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation today because it's so important. So before we talk about your self-love summit, because I want to focus mainly on that, everybody has a story, right? So how did you get to the place you are today where you're putting on these summits? I mean, there's got to be some sort of you know moment in your life, a pivoting moment where you're like, okay, you know, I need to do things differently. So tell me what your story is. Yeah. So I would say people often ask, you know, what was the aha moment? And I have hundreds of aha moments, which independently would never have led me to this, but it has certainly been a journey and I'm grateful for it. But I spent about 20 years in the entertainment business, you know, living in Los Angeles, living in Hollywood. And I was living what was on paper the dream life. I was interviewing, you know, some of the biggest stars in the world, people that I idolized. I lived three blocks from the beach. I could see the sunset out my window. I could have my feet in the water in 10 minutes. It was an amazing life on paper. But I realized that I wasn't happy. Mm. And I'm going, what's going on with this? I created this life that that I wanted, right? I was doing what I wanted to do. And I wasn't happy doing it. So I had to stop and go, what the heck is going on here? And I guess one of my early aha moments was a song that I was listening to. And at the beginning, I, I started more on the music side of the business, then moved it to television. So, you know, I had interviewed you know, hundreds and hundreds of bands and listening to this song, uh, I mean, there's a park that's overlooking the beach in Santa Monica, California. So I'm walking through this park, I have my headphones on, I'm listening to a song. It's by a band called Social Distortion. You know, big punk rock band from LA. I had seen their shows. I had interviewed the band. I had heard this song thousands of times before, but this was the first time I actually heard these words. And it said... You can run all your life, but not go anywhere. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And what I didn't share in the story was, so I had moved to Denmark, to Spain, to Los Angeles, to Santa Monica 11th Street, to Santa Monica 3rd Street, so I could be really close to the beach because I knew the beach would make me happy. Um, and I'm like, oh man, I'm still not happy. I guess two more blocks, right? I'll get on ocean, then I'll be happy. And then I heard those lyrics and I go, oh my God, that's me, I'm running. And what I realized then, I wasn't running towards something. I was running away from something. And the only thing that was the same in all of those places that I had lived was that I was there. I was running from myself. But everywhere I went, I still showed up. Yeah. And that made me miserable. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really profound. And, and it was interesting. I was... Uh... I ran the Marine Corps Marathon in 2006. And before that, I used to look at people and say, what are you running from? <laughs> like, why are you running for this long, right? 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's very true. It's very true, and and that's just the classic story of people looking externally for their happiness. And at the end of the day, only you can make yourself happy. Yeah. So I was looking externally for my happiness, and here's the thing, which also was kind of crazy, but not because we all do it, is I was comparing myself to everybody else. Yeah. So I I would set these goals and I'd achieve them. So I think, okay, now I'm supposed to be happy. But there was always someone who was quote unquote ahead of me in the game, right? In the, you know, the Hollywood game. So then I set a new goal. Okay, well, when I catch up to that person. And the problem wasn't that I wouldn't achieve it. I mean, I'm not saying I achieved every goal I've ever set, but the real problem was that I would achieve them. And then I'm like, oh, okay, huh, still not happy. Okay, let me set up, set a new goal. And then you achieve that. And like, okay, still not happy. And it's like, well, what, what's it going to take? You know, do you, have to, do you have to be running the studio? Do you have to, you know, produce the biggest blockbuster in the world? So I finally, I set out on this journey I quit the entertainment business and I set out on a journey to figure out what was wrong with me. And on this journey, I discovered two things. One, I was not alone. All these other people (laughs) that I thought had it all figured out, like, whoa, they're doing the same comparison thing that I am. They're just comparing themselves to other people. Okay, well, that, that was really a helpful understanding. And here's the other, the most profound thing I figured out on my search, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I learned that there was nothing wrong with me. (laughs) That was mind blown and so freeing Yeah, to know I was just okay just the way I was. Yeah. And just the way I am now. Right, right. Well, going back to comparing yourself to others, a friend of mine, one of my closest friends on the planet, she's just so wise beyond her years. And and we were having this conversation, you know, about comparing yourself to others. And I was like, you know, so many people do it. You know, I don't understand it. I mean, I used to go there. I don't anymore. But she said, and I'll never forget this, and I actually quoted her in my book. She said, if you're going to compare yourself to that other person, you better be willing to accept 100% of all their good and 100% of all their bad, because I promise you, you don't want their baggage. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because I know my baggage, right? I own my baggage. I know what it is, and I'm comfortable with it, and I deal with it, and I accept it, and I love it because it makes me who I am. I don't want their baggage. (laughs) I don't want what's going on in their crazy mind, right? It's enough dealing with my own. But it's just so true. It's, you know, you you, you think that you look at this person and on the outside, they seem like everything is perfect, but I promise you they're not, right? They've got their own set of issues that that we all have. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I I had a client, uh, it was a bunch of years ago now, but he had sold a company for uh, tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, he had plenty of money, and he was trying to figure out what was what you know was going to be next in in his life. So he comes to me, and his first fear was about money. Wow! And not that there's anything wrong with, with wanting more money, but but I did have to say I said, okay, if you really don't work for any other company again, if if you know you don't buy a new company, work for a company, take over whatever, if you make no money for the rest of your life, will you be okay? 
And he said, he paused first to think about it. And then he goes, well, yeah, absolutely. But he was comparing himself, you know, so I don't, I don't know the exact price, but you know, tens of millions of dollars. But he was comparing himself to other people he knew that had, you know, a quarter billion dollars, you know, $250 million. So, so his comparison was to that. And I did exactly what you said. I said to him, well, tell me about this person. And he shared like then, you know, how the person wasn't happy, they had this money, but they weren't happy. And I go, okay, do you want this guy's life? And he's like, <laughs> well, no. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want then? And we kind of went, went from there. But it, it's that whole thing. You're right. Like, do you want all the money and the unhappiness? And to be clear, because that came, may have come out the wrong way, money does not make you unhappy, nor though does money make you happy. Money is if just a material object. <laughs> it's just an energy. It's an energy. It's a it's a way to exchange. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you struggle on your way to making money, when you make money, you will be struggling. That's right. If you find joy in, you know, in my world, it's self-love, but it doesn't have to be self-love in your world, but I teach self-love, self-compassion. But whatever joy you want, whatever you have leading up to getting your money is what you will have when you receive the money. If And most of us think, well, I'm going to be miserable until I get there. And that's where I was. Like, when I when I get there, then I'll be happy, right? So at first, you know, you know once I make the six figures, right, this was, you know, in the you know, late nineties, um, you know, as soon as you get six figures, you know, then, then I'll be happy. So then I get my six figures <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. But I, I got there unhappy. So six figures didn't make me all of a sudden happy. I had to change what was on the inside. Yes. Now I can be making whatever. And so, you know, you get the money, you'll be happy. And the beauty is if for some reason, now, th there is a struggle point if you don't have enough resources to, to house yourself and, and eat. So I'm not talking about that. That's a different struggle, which we as a country ought to pay attention to. But once you're out of that zone, it doesn't matter how much you make. Right. If you are kind to yourself and you're happy, you're happy. So it doesn't matter whether you're making $100,000 or $100 million. That's right. It's got to come from inside of you, not from outside of you. Because I spent 20 years in Hollywood. I know a lot of rich people, some are really happy, some are really unhappy. And I knew a lot of poor people too. Some are really happy, some are really unhappy. Money had nothing to do with it. It was how they saw themselves and how they saw the world. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue into self-love. So let's talk about that. How did you reach a point where you've, you know, when you were on that journey? Like, what did you do? What were the, some of the steps that you took to get to that place where you truly had the self-love for yourself? So here's the truth. It, it was kind of a long journey. So I started, when I left the entertainment business, I had already been practicing yoga for some time based on a, a surgery gone bad. It was part of my, my physical therapy. So I started teaching yoga and then I learned about this world of coaching and I got coaching and then I, I I trained in it. So I started learning some of the initial things that that many of us learn. Confidence skills, how to how to set goals, how to take action, learning about the negative voices in your head and and how to switch them to positive voices. 
So I learned a lot of those skills. I use them today. They all still work. They're all very important skills. But here's the thing. So then after a few years, I was listening to this Louise Hay, I don't know, recording video. And she said, and I, I at the time, I hadn't heard of her before. So oh, I know she's been around Louise for a long Hay. time. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know. She wasn't in my world, right? Right. I, I, I studied some Tony Robbins, some Bob Proctor, Don Miguel Ruiz, but I hadn't heard about her. So I heard this and I go, oh, what a cool thing. She said, go to the mirror and, and tell yourself, I love you. Uh, that sounds really cool. And, and now I had been doing this work for a bunch of years now. And I, I had clients who were, you know, it was working. They, we were working together. They were having success. So I thought I had a lot of my stuff figured out. I go to the mirror. I look myself in the eyes. And I say, Jonathan. <laughs> That's an exact quote. Wow. I couldn't say the words. And I curled up into a ball on the floor and was just like, what the hell happened? Now, I had done a lot of work and I figured out a lot of stuff, but that was the, this wake up that, oh, there's more to go. Because if you would have asked me the day before or even five minutes before, if I had loved myself, I would have said, of course. Right. But something in me, something in my subconscious didn't and was unable to say it. So that's when I went on the real journey to figure out what this self-love thing was all about. And I learned that it couldn't, for me anyway, it couldn't just be the words. Some other things had to take place. And the big things for me were acceptance. I have the four pillars of self-love. So the first is acceptance, accepting what you are experiencing in any given moment. Uh, gratitude, so big. And it's not just you know writing things down on a piece of paper, but it's the understanding that gratitude releases chemicals in your body. It changes the chemistry of you. Right. I mean, we've been in this year of follow the science and I'm trying to say, hey, yeah, folks, can we please follow the science? Did you know that gratitude releases chemicals? <laughs> can we <laughs> teach this to people? And, you know, never mind some of the, the other science behind emotional intelligence, which I'm happy to get into if you want. But there's real science we ought to be teaching about ourselves. Right. And this third pillar, this was the biggest, the biggest change in my life was this third pillar. And it's the pillar of forgiveness, oh, love it. which is the most important skill that we are never taught. Yep. So once I, I figured out acceptance, gratitude, and then really forgiveness, that was a missing piece for me. It did not fully work for me. I got better at it with all these other things, but it didn't fully work for me until I really began to forgive others, but to be honest, especially myself. Yep. Right, three paths of forgiveness. Forgiveness of others, forgiveness from others, asking forgiveness, and forgiveness of self. Right. And once I did that, I could really embrace the fourth pillar, which was being kind to yourself. Now I can say I love you anywhere. I, I'm in front of a mirror. I can be at a friend's house. I can be at the airport. You know, you go to the bathroom, there's a mirror there. I see the mirror, and it is now habit. And it's, hey, Jonathan, I love you. Love it. Sometimes louder <laughs> if no one's there, and sometimes it's a little under my breath if I'm in a crowded, <laughs> you know, <laughs> airport bathroom. But I, but it is so habitual now that I say it. So I have, I have rewired my subconscious. 
into one that would look in the mirror and have this really even disgust towards me. Not intentional, but but it was there. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like how successful I was. I, like there were so many things I could pick apart. And it was automatic. Like if you would have asked me if I was doing that, I probably would have said no because it was it was unconscious. But once consciousness was brought to that, then I began to rewire my conscious. And I look for the good. I look for the good around me and the world around me. And even though I screw up every day, I want to be clear, I screw up every single day. I make mistakes every single day, some bigger, some littler. Is littler a word? All right, smaller. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I find the good in me, the things I like about how I look, how my body moves. I'm, I, I say wonderful things about my body, even though there are things that I would prefer it could do. If I really looked at myself, I could say, well, there are things I'd like to change about the way I look, but I don't focus on any of that anymore. Yeah. I just look at myself. I go, Jonathan, you look awesome today. <laughs> Jonathan, great job today. You did such a good job. Congratulations on every success you had today. And I focus on the big successes and the teeny successes because not every day has big successes. Exactly. But every day has teeny successes. Yeah. So my whole relationship with myself is different. And now because I've reprogrammed my subconscious, it's fairly habitual. I love it. The, the be kind to yourself is so huge. And I know as a woman, you know, we're women, I think in general, and I think most women out there will agree that we're really, we can be really hard on ourselves and be very critical of ourselves. And I've reached a point and it's probably just because with age, we get wiser. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I wish my legs weren't, you know, starting to look this way. But I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm, I'm 55 years old. It is what, it, you know, I just accept it. You just embrace it is what it is. And uh, well, be kind. That's the thing. Yeah. Look, you can't change it. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say that. You can, you can do plastic surgeries. And I'm not putting down plastic surgeries. It's certainly necessary for some things. But, you know, I've read enough enough stories and spoken to enough people that I have learned. That, I forget this woman's name. She's Australian. I wish I could remember her name, but she's somewhat known. And she went on this huge body transformation journey. And the way she shares her story, and you look at the pictures of her now in, in terms of what would be considered beauty, and it's weird how we, how we program beauty into the culture, but she would be considered truly beautiful, right? Beautiful body, the right, the right, everything that we sell in our media culture. But when she got there, she wasn't happy. Right. And it's the same with money because she got there from unhappiness. And then there's another woman, dear friend, Amy. And so she struggled with problems much of her life but before I knew her, but, but she shares it in a podcast that I did with her. Um, so you know, the, the story's out there. I'm not sharing anything I can't, though she shares it much more eloquently. But the big change in her life and how she changed her body figure physically, and you would never know that she was someone that lost 200 plus pounds. You would never know by just looking at her you know, dressed and clothed. But what she shared is that when she started being kind to herself, then her body changed. Right. Because there was no reason to abuse it anymore. Right. Love it. 
We have to learn to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. That's what's going to make us happy. And then you got some extra weight. Look, I got a little extra weight right now, you know, a year pandemic. Okay, yeah, I practice my yoga. I do all my stuff. All right, whatever. But if we're kind to ourselves, we are simply happier people. And here's the key, and this is important, because then people go, well, you know, isn't that narcissistic? And isn't it selfish? All this kind of stuff. Nope. <laughs> here's, so here's the full part of it. When you are kind to yourself, you are happier. And when you are happier, you are kinder to other people. Thank you. <laughs> the self-love revolution isn't really about you. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with how you interact with others so that you can be less judgmental of others, so that you can be kinder to other people and connect with other people in a deeper way because that is why we are here, for connection. So let's connect deeply with ourselves so that we can connect deeply with others. Oh, so beautifully said. Well, that's a perfect segue into your self-love summit. <laughs> so talk about this. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I'm so excited to, to you know, be a participant in it. And so tell everybody what this is all about. You know, so I've been teaching this for a long time now, and I just wanted to bring in other voices, a lot of other voices, about how we can live in this place of, of self-love, self-compassion, and truly success. Not everyone is strictly focused on self-love, but many are, but it's how do we live fully successful lives? Not just on paper, not just in the bank account, but inclusive of the bank account to be clear, but whole life success, right? We've been taught how to be successful in part of our lives right? Work hard, get a job, work for someone else and pay, you know, have enough money to pay your rent. Like that's what, what <laughs> we're taught success and make sure to make your boss happy because then you stay employed. And I don't know, that may have worked in the, in the fifties and the sixties, maybe the seventies when people could work for a company and really have a job at one company their whole lives. Of course that doesn't exist anymore. But that is what the midlife crisis is, right? Work hard, be successful, and then be happy, except you worked hard, you're successful, now you're not happy. That is the midlife crisis. So this is, the Self-Love Revolution Summit is how to redefine success for you. You don't have to have the same definition as me, by the way. But redefine success for you and give you the tools so that you can be fully successful. So that when you get into your relationship, you will actually be happy in it. So that when you get the money, you'll actually be happy with it and do great things with it. And above all of it, you'll have great connections with yourself and with others. And we have amazing people. We have the head of mindfulness and compassion from LinkedIn, uh, Scott Shoot, a great company like LinkedIn. Can you believe that that's a position? Wow. <laughs> head of mindfulness and compassion? Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. We have Taylor Ellison. She's an Emmy Award-winning uh, TV host, producer. She's, she's based in Austin, where I am, but she's an amazing television personality. And she also preaches and practices this idea of self-love. She's a part of it. We have the editor-in-chief of Highlights Magazine is going to be a part of it to share some of the struggles going. She, she just released this book. I forget the exact name of it, but it's a collection of letters that children have written her to share what we're really teaching our children in the 
struggles that children are going through. I mean, I, I learned about this, you know, I was already in my late 30s, 40s before I started figuring this stuff out. I'm, um, how old am I now? I'm 54 now as we speak. So we shouldn't have to wait till we're, you know, 30, 40, 50. And I have clients that come to me, my most recent client, uh, 65 years old. And I have people that have taken the self-love revolution immersion course, they're in their 70s. Yeah. Still struggling with these same yeah. issues. It's so sad. the Self-Love Revolution Summit is hopefully going to help people not have to struggle with these issues and give them real tools. It's free for all to attend. There are VIP upgraded packages where the proceeds will benefit the Trevor Foundation and Active Minds, both which focus on um, suicide prevention and mental mental wellness, mental health. Yeah, I mean, between you and me and everybody listening, I get it. I mean, the real purpose of, of the summit is to stop people from killing themselves. Yeah. There are just too many suicides, yeah. too many people killing themselves, especially entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs are t- two times more likely to uh, be depressed than the rest of the population. And, you know, we just, we got to change that. And for those that aren't killing themselves, great, I'm glad, but let's not live depressed. Let we can actually be successful and be joyous at the same time. So let's start doing that now. Oh, I love it. I love it. Jonathan, this is so amazing. And you just gave so much, so many valuable nuggets to all of the listeners. And thank you so much. Is there anything else that you, that you haven't said that you'd like to share? You know, here's what I would share. Well, first, go to selfloverevolutionsummit.com and sign up for the summit. And please share it with people that need it. Please share it with people that you think might benefit that are hurting right now. And once you do that, I want you to go to the mirror. And you don't have to say, I love you right away. It might not be time for that. It wasn't time for me. But find one thing to say to yourself that is kind. Whether it's looking, you know, maybe you don't like the way your whole face looks, but maybe you like your eyes or your smile or your teeth, or there's something about you that you like. And say one thing kind to yourself or one thing that you did today that you can celebrate yourself and and say, good job. You don't have to do 10 things, though if you do this every single day, it will begin to be a habit, and all of a sudden you'll be saying two, three, four, five things. They'll just be coming out because your mind will be reprogrammed. But right now, go to the mirror. After you go to selfloverevolutionsummit.com, sign up and share it with someone who needs it. Go to the mirror and say one kind thing to yourself. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Now, what are the dates for the Self Love Summit? The Self Love Revolution Summit is November 3rd through November 7th. Awesome. Self-Love Revolution Summit. I keep leaving that word out. My apologies. No worries. Maybe I should have called it the Self-Love Summit. That would have been easier to type. But right now it is the selfloverevolutionsummit.com. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much. This has been amazing. And I am so honored and grateful to have you on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. All right. Take care, Jonathan. That was so amazing. And I just hope that you were able to get one or two things that you learned from Jonathan and apply it to your life right now. And I especially loved his four pillars for self-love, which is acceptance, gratitude, forgiveness, and be kind to yourself. 
So please visit selfloverevolutionsummit.com and register for the free event, which will be held November 3rd through 7th. There's some amazing speakers that you're going to see interviews with. I am one of them. Very honored to be a part of it. So please sign up and let anybody else know who could possibly benefit from that. It's free and you're going to learn so much. So thank you so much for joining me today. To learn more about me, you can go to sandyscarlotta.com. And as always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your life is filled with peace, joy, love, happiness, and lots of self-love. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 